are here on location. I think this is like one of the handful of times that we actually are out of Zoom and doing an interview on person in person. We're at Velvet Libations in Wolcott, Connecticut. We're here with Kristen and Anderson. They are part of, I think, the newest brewery in Connecticut as of recording this. Very stark claim. I could be completely wrong. So I'm getting um, some affirmations from their side. So I think we're right. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. 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 That was so. Anyways, good. thank you. Welcome to our show. Yeah. Oh, thank you for, for reaching me. out thanks too. Yeah, we're very so excited. We really appreciate it. It's very humbling when people reach out. We always say like people listen to this, and then it's like oh people reach out, and it's like oh people like, like want to be on the show. Like, oh shit, I've said a lot of things. So I yeah, I hope not. No, it's all fun. Um, so we're very excited to be here. It's one of the places that we were very interested to see because it's obviously a niche style of a brewery. It's not something that you come across every day. It's a certain decade theme so i feel like i'll kind of go to that sort of question first um okay that's for kristen um <laughs> so you are the head of marketing i believe is that yes okay so did you come up with the idea of this theme and also tell us about it so i came in uh i started working for the brewery collective in november um and one of the first projects that they had queued up was the idea behind this tap room here. Uh, so it has a 1960s theme to it. Um, we have a lot of inspiration that we took from Mad Men, that show. Have you guys seen that oh, show? Yes. Yeah. That show. Love that Why show. Why do you think my hair is greased like this? It's 100% <laughs> to look like Dondre. I think like grease. No. Grease fan. Yeah. Absolutely. So very uh, early 60s. That's a lot of the furniture that you see in the tap room, mm -hmm. very mid-century modern kind of feel. Um, this, I guess, is a fireplace. It is a fireplace. It, it looks like a, a right from the Jetsons. Yes, and exactly I am, that. I am about it's it. so cool. Uh, does it work? Yeah, it works. Oh, that's it's, even um, It's not like wood burning or anything. No. It's it's very modern. It's very oh, it's, yeah. It's the modern and mid-century. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Like um, and then. Just one of the other uh, inspirations that we have for the tap room are also uh, the Twilight Zone was really big for us. So that's where that spiral comes from in our logo, kind of that portal um, into the Twilight Zone. Um, and Song by Rush Tie. Yes. Good job, Boris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that. Love Rush. You said any band and I would have agreed with you. So. No, I love the Twilight Zone. I used to watch it all the time growing yeah? up. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have it on right now. We usually have it on all the time on at least one of the TVs in the tap room. That's awesome. Yeah. I to remind people who got really into Black Mirror that that didn't come out of nowhere. Exactly. Right? right? Exactly. Like, I, I love that they modernized what... And they redid Twilight Zone. They, redid they did. Um, the guy it. from Key and Peele. Jordan Peele. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he, Paramount Plus. Don't watch it. Right. That's yeah, probably why was. no one's talking about it. But when Black Mirror was big, I loved how that was basically what it was. It was a modern interpretation mm -hmm. of what Twilight Zone was doing, which is taking on social topics and asking a big what if. Yeah. You know, what if this happened? What would that mean if it played out? And then just having you think, like, oh, that does say a lot about us in the future and what where we are. I loved it. I think it was great. I, I, that's cool. I didn't know that about your swirl. I actually mm -hmm. didn't either. I thought I was just going for a psychedelic feel because yeah. you're kind of going with the 60s. But people don't don't realize this, is that most of the 60s was not hippy-dippy. Exactly. It wasn't until was like the like late the 60s. Last, you know, so the 60s, few years. Right, so the 60s that yeah. everyone thinks of that's all hippies. 
that doesn't happen till 68, 67, yeah. 68 at the earliest, and mm-hmm. that goes into the 70s. Yeah, that's true. And then, and then disco kind of comes in and kind of competes with that idea. People strayed from the flower stuff. And the glam rock, too. Yeah, and, yeah, and then yeah. the 80s hit for sure. Everything got synth. But yeah, people forget that, Ty. I you know, know I know you did. I forgot. I'm on. It was yeah. it was evident by you looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're the you're the music guy. And I think that was like one of the first things. Uh, I'm trying to like paint a picture for people who like haven't been here here yet because you all opened on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. Yep, right? March 17th. Oh, yep. I don't know why that's so. Out of my head, so yeah. I, oh, I just looked down at this carpet. I love this carpet. <laughs> this carpet is like the old school San Diego Padres uniforms. What? There were some before Mike, and they were like this. Like, they had like tables with this. And yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. It's like the or how where how does your brain work? <laughs> the old saying because you're right. It's the worst part is that you're correct. It's like the white and the yellow and the burnt oranges, which oh, is yeah. like a big '60s thing. You're absolutely right. We have vinyls all over the walls for the people at home, and they consist of everybody from the animal. No, that's I thought it was the animals. It's the lead singer of the animals. Don't flex your music. And the Beatles, and we have Ray Charles posters and all that kind of thing, and they're everywhere. So I just want to say, like I said this when we came in, and I'm, then I'll leave the floor open to you to explain it more. But I, I, we have talked about it on our podcast how we found like a lot of baristas kind of looking the same. Brick walls, ex, exposed pipe, and in, in an industrial room. And I'm like, that's fine, I get it, because that's what you have to work with a lot of time. That's the property you can get. And then, you, wh- how, what are you going to put your money? You're going to put it in here, or are you going to put it over here and there? So it's not like you can't, don't always have a lot of choice. I really appreciate that you guys put into the atmosphere a lot, because um, yeah. one of my favorite other places that does that is New Asylum. They're in, their interior is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I they have cool branding. They have, yes, they, yeah. they, they have mm-hmm. taken full advantage of their like, branding. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So anyways, I, that's why I really appreciate When I walked in here, I was, I, I was blown away. It's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you were saying, uh, going, I'm looking at the vinyls right now. It's just where my eyes fixated. Anderson, you said um, your mom provided a lot of the vinyls. No, yeah, not by that. She used to have a bunch of those albums there. Oh, not like those are hers. Oh, oh okay. I, I got so where did these records come from? So some of these records, actually, I picked out a couple of them um, just from thrift stores and things like that. But some of them come from, I think it's, uh, I think it's the guy who owns this building. Um, he has a really big record collection. So these are on loan, and that's why they're high up in a way from other people. <laughs> right, right. Um, smart. That's really but, smart. you know, they're they're awesome. They're really cool finds, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, so they were perfect to display, and it was really nice that he let us borrow them. Yeah, you have Meet the Beat. I mean, yeah, it's like quintessential, like, 60s. Mm-hmm. Jeff is very, comes from a very music-intelligent family um his dad was like a radio dj oh, cool. or a, like editor well he, well, he was yeah he he was born in, he was born like, in yeah. 1950 so he was 15 in 1965 which mm-hmm. and then he was 18 and 19 in, in the summer of love. How old was he when he was 25 mm-hmm. thank, thank uh, you what year was he 25 1975 okay good. Yeah, see, but you could easily do the math so i but i say that's because when we hit the 70s so you get to kind of more of the when um rock and roll really hit in that way he was in california as a dj so he was doing it which um he grew up in detroit where it had a lot of the motown you see the supremes here and you had a lot of like i mentioned the marvelettes like you he loved the four tops loved that motown feel of the 60s and i grew up on that as well so i look at all this i don't know everybody on the wall but 
I feel at home. One of, one <laughs> of my Williams. favorite posters that we have actually is that Five Satins one right there. Yeah. yeah. New Haven Zone because it's just so sick that it's New oh, Haven Barrett, Zone. Connecticut, yes. You yeah. know, like from, I think there's a date on there too. October 5th, 1956. Yeah, 1956. Um, Which again, at that theater in Hartford and everything. That so is it's basically cool. the era of the 60s as well. Mm-hmm. Was it your idea for this aesthetic? No, okay, it was So how okay. did that come yeah. to be? Um, you looked at this room and you said, we got it. Yeah. We brainstormed for that. It was like a, like a morning. We left like what, the, the oh, conference the, room like the name? 3 p.m. or something like that. Oh. Like from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. or something. Like what that. is yeah, a velvet really libation? <laughs> that, that was actually a really fun day when we named it. Um, so we knew that we had this theme who, like I said before, it was kind of thought up uh, like right before I got here. I'm not sure whose credit it actually is too because everyone kind of jumped on it and it's very much been like a group project. Mm. Um, But when we finally got the chance to figure out, okay, what's the name going to be for this really cool concept that we want to do, we sat in a conference room at our Bridgeport location. Mm. Uh, We were having a meeting there and it was like a very creative like jam session of just taking a bunch of words and whatever the word was that like kind of made you think of the 60s like we would just write it on a board and we had a huge dry erase board but you but she was really sure about velvet she's like i don't know what but it has to have velvet in it yeah, so actually. then we spent like three hours trying to figure the rest out. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I, I think see that. you made up libation. Yeah, that was maybe libation. Where yeah. did that come from? What is a libation? So a libation is a concoction that is created for the gods. So it's like an, usually an alcoholic concoction of some sort. That's like that you offer to to a, to a god to a deity. Wow. So and yeah, that tie were gods. He offered us a concoction. We're gods. Yeah. And then we were brainstorming. And then I say libation and somebody bingo. I was like, that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, that's the rest. You went home that day like, hell yeah. Very proud of Nailed that. it. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. a really good day. Yeah. Like, yeah. You don't you don't get like velvet libations within like the first ten minutes. That's a lot of like uh, no, brainstorming not. and wow. Yeah. I don't mean, even beer. Yeah, yeah, a lot of beer. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, a lot of beer back there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the the feel for uh, you mentioned this in the beginning is like a lot of inspiration from Mad Men. Um, who's your favorite character on Mad Men? Both of you. Let's um, Joan Holloway. Very good answer. Yeah. Right away. Maybe it's the red hair. I don't know, but like, <laughs> I love her. She's the best. I think all the women in that show were. Is that Christina Hendricks? Fully yes. like the I forgot her name. The we backbone of yeah. the whole operation and. I don't know. That's kind of part of what she I love was about it. for sure. Oh, she totally. Like they was. gave a lot of depth to other female characters, but she, she was the one that kind of straddled that line between mm-hmm. get adapt to get through because we're in a male-dominated environment, but also don't take shit from anybody. Yeah, she yeah. straddled that line just perfectly and kind of helped the other women around her in the office. Mm-hmm move forward with her. She was the leader in that way. That's how I viewed it, at least. Yeah, and they uh, made her part of the core ownership. Like, as you know, they moved out from Jess Sterling Cooper. Yeah, Yeah, she became a partner. And then 
um, spoiler alert, but like at the very end, she basically goes off on her own. She's just so badass. I forgot about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that the one with the hand, my hands made tail or something like no. that? No, that's, no, that's, that's the other Peggy. one. Elizabeth Snow. Oh. Christina Hendricks. Did yes. you know that that actress is into mm-hmm. Scientology? Is she no, really? Peggy yes. well, Olsen. Scientology, yeah. man. Whatever her real name is. Yeah, El- Elizabeth Moss. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. 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 What is Scientology? Do you know? Do you know what it is? <laughs> it is. It oh, is something pushed. <laughs> it's something pushed on mostly like Hollywood elite types. Mm-hmm. It is a pseudoscience slash cult religion that science. developed cult, d- yeah. decades yeah. ago that uses an idea that you can get rid of, I'm going to explain this poorly, um, s- bad energies out of you, but in order to do that, you have to pay a shit ton of money. And and okay. and it get they, it, there <laughs> okay. was a whole documentary. <laughs> it's a documentary worth watching because they, they would um, they would bully people who were in it to, to not speak about what's going on in Scientology. There was a lot of abuse and, and um, uh, was a lady from King and Queens, Leah Remini, was like the biggest. I tried like, to watch a documentary about them, yeah. and then I just the only thing I learned is that they they think that you could evolve and so you be, could become like a, an alien or something like that. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does get pretty sci-fi. Like, oh. You evolve yeah. into like a Nirvana slash alien. Oh, it yeah. takes a turn. Yeah, it absolutely yeah. takes and a they're, turn. They're, and, but it also comes back to Earth because they're in, they get in a lot of trouble for tax fraud. So yeah. as much as like aliens and they're all up here and the energies and the Hollywood and the tax fraud. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you pay taxes. You become an alien. You're not yeah, a human. Because, don't even yeah, pay taxes. Yeah, that thing about the like religion. Right? I was going to say, yeah. Them, right? yeah. Yeah. It, so like avoid. We, we uh, walked by we, we a Scientology were in Cali- We were in California visiting a friend and we were just walking down the street and there was a Scientology it wasn't just a bookstore. It was like a place to go in and you'd be like, pay this amount of money and we'll hook that machine up to your fingers. You were like, let's go in. I was like, like let's go no. in. I need to what? know about this We place. had a lot of libations. And, oh. and they restrained me. <laughs> yeah. No, it was like, it was like uh, four of us and Jeff's like, yeah, let's go into this like place. And I was like, no, it's weirdly empty. We're on a busy like sidewalk. Something how, feels wrong. How many Scientology places are here in Connecticut? I, I don't how know. How many are in California? At least one. There's more than one. Okay, well, we because there's because you know there's that place and there's Tom Cruise's house. <laughs> oh yeah, it might have been his. We might have met Tom Cruise could have been in there. We totally missed that. He could have been in there, and you're like, no, don't go. Sorry. Yeah, you know that's fair. No, you know what? We'll assume. We'll assume. We'll anyway, assume. back to this. We'll we'll bring it back down. We'll say this that Velvet Libations does not endorse Scientology. Good. <laughs> say that. Wow. On the record. Good. Good. Uh, anyway, uh, Jeff uh, Anderson, who was your favorite character in Mad Men? Um. I never watched that show. That's okay. That's an honest answer. I used answer. to run a restaurant. That guy that has the gray hair, he used to have lunch there almost every day. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, he used to live across the, uh, on, uh, what's the name of the street? Ranwick? Yeah. Iron Man's dad. Yeah. Yeah, the gray hair old man there. Yeah, yeah uh, Roger Sterling. I think he was Yeah, Roger, Roger Sterling. Yeah. I can't yeah. think of what his like real name is. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't smoke cigarettes or anything like that. Nothing made me want to have an old fashioned and a cigarette more than watching like 10 oh, episodes yeah. of Mad Men in a row. If I was susceptible, that show would have made me a fucking chimney. Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, I get Speaking it. Speaking of which, you have cigarette dispensers here. Yeah, it's an ashtray. I know, I know. So just for the record, don't come in <laughs> here just an and, and start lighting up. Are you yeah. afraid of that? Are you afraid of that? People are going to start lighting up. No, nobody no. smokes anymore. Right? That's, that's actually yeah, true. Yeah, that's very true. That's true. You can't, you can't, can't like, like ash your list. vape. You can't ash your like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there would just be like vaping. You dump your coil. Yeah, yeah. That's really good. Do not vape here inside either. Or no, I don't know. What the rules say? You can't. Don't. Don't. 
smoke inside. Yeah, okay, cool. I think it's like a state law. You I don't can. know that. I don't vape. Well, you're, I think you're just a rule breaker. You want to okay, go to the Scientology well, building. You want to smoke inside. <laughs> you can't bring time. this guy anywhere. It's a different place. Um, so let's talk about the first like six weeks of actually being open to the public. How's it been here? Like how are, are, I should back up here. Are you all both new to the Connecticut beer industry? Has it been really groovy? I'm Has trying to get with it. Way better way to ask that. I am not new to, to Connecticut at Bruin. I did uh, run a brew pub in Norwalk for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hell or high water. Uh, I was, you know, got together some guys. So, And then we sold it to somebody else six months after. Mm-hmm. That's when I moved to Canada. So, so I, yeah, I lived in Canada twice, in Connecticut twice in the past. Oh, wow. Yeah, but, yeah, like years ago. You move around a lot. Yeah. Wow. You're like so, a nomad. Yeah, yeah, kind of is in my blood, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look out for him. I, don't, I, I hope yeah, you're sticking around. In Miami, in Miami <laughs> twice, New York many times. So yeah, I moved to, uh, I was born in Sao Paulo, Brazil, moved to the US 95 to go to college, graduated, and then uh, met, a girl, met a girl, was my girlfriend, then we were together for a while, then we moved to Sao Paulo, and then I came back, and then uh, moved to Miami, then back, then moved to the Caribbean, opened a restaurant, I came back to New York City. Then we opened 508 in Soho, Tribeca area, where the wow. Madman guy used to go. Yep. Then, uh, where did I do it? Then, uh, I think, yeah, I moved to Miami again. We opened a brewery called Bowser mm-hmm. in the, like, Little Haiti, like, Wynwood area. Mm-hmm. And then now it was bought by the, some guys from Magic Hat or something. I don't know. No. <laughs> And then that's when I, then I came back. That's when you opened Hall or High Water. Then from there, Canada. Run three breweries in Canada and out here. Wow. So yeah. I guess I'll, I'll kind of dovetail off that question. How does the restaurant industry compare to the beer industry? Just in general. I know it's a very broad question. For me, it's, uh, for me, they're very close together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the creation part and execution. So it's just different size. You know, like you're doing different volumes. But, like, I think the current approach is basically the same. Mm-hmm. It's just the scale is very different, and the, the period of time that it takes to get done diverges. But other than that, that's basically, I see it the same way. And then I remember, like, years ago, I did, like, a uh, podcast. The first podcast that I did was uh, called Beer Sessions with Jimmy Carbone at Roberta Spitz in Brooklyn. And mm-hmm. then I was talking there with, I think it was Kelly from Kelso. And then I brought it up that I always compare like writing beer recipes to cooking because basically we're cooking, right? Yeah. And then like some some of the older generation in me brewers, they always like shared it like I don't really like to see it like that, but I always that's that was always my approach. It was very organic. Mm-hmm. And my approach to, to beverage and to food is kind of the same. Yeah. So for me it's normal. But like some people don't don't see it like that and I understand, yeah. Yeah, it has to be just in you just naturally to be able to be in that industry, just beverage, food and beverages in general. So You know, it's funny because even before I got into, like before I got to university, I have a minor and I have a degree in industrial design. And before that, I tried to get into brewing. And then I was still living in Brazil. And then the only brewing school at the time would have to move to a small like town and some parts of Rio, like old, a town that was where the Portuguese royal family used to live when 
they ran away from the from Napoleon Bonaparte. Oh my God! So they fled Portugal, and then the capital of the entire Portuguese Empire was in Rio. They had this huge palace, and then they brought like ten thousand uh, immigrants with them, like from the court. So Germans, Czech, and then there were a lot of breweries that started there, and they have a very good water. So that's where the brewing scene started there. That's where you being bad kind of one of their birthplaces. It's more from Sao Paulo, so that's wow. where it comes from. So that's where the brewing school was, and I wasn't ready to get into it. So I just got my industrial design degree, I gave up. And then just after I was graduated from my second college that I was running, me and my ex-wife were running 508, that I got a homebrew kit as a kid Christmas gift, and the rest was history. You should write a book. I know, right? I yeah. thought Like, I didn't think Napoleon was going to be mentioned in the same light as 60s-themed brewery no. with beer. <laughs> but here we are. Yep. Uh, yeah. That's why I think it's so cool that we have Anderson as our brewmeister. Brewmeister. That's like that level. I like that um, Because he is so worldly, and he gets to bring so much different experience to Wolke, Connecticut. Yeah. You yeah. know? It's unique. Boom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so when you came here with all that experience, right, right? You have probably learned and you've succeeded and failed in so many different things because that's how you learn, right? Mm-hmm. What did when you came here? Like, what was your like? I'm I'm gonna make sure that I I achieve this thing. What was it? So, uh, when I joined, I know I was joining the collective, not just Velvet. Mm-hmm. So, but we kind of tried to isolate it into like a portfolio of products within like the, the umbrella, if I can call it like that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, since we have like our main production facility in Rhode Island, Foolproof, they can produce a lot of beer for our brands. And then we have this location that uh, we were, that we, we created this brand. So the approach for this location is more like odd uh, beers that uh, a, a standard large production facility probably wouldn't be able to to market that as easily. Mm-hmm. So which is why we go, we have like Vikes beer, we have like a whole barrel series that from from a, a, the chaser that is basically a, a Belgian double aged in Oloroso and poured barrels to uh, Flemish reds and Lambics and Old Gruit. And a little bit more experimental growing. in that way. Uh, old, not only that, which it's interesting because that's when we go back into the time because we're going to old styles of uh, old European styles of beer right so like the styles that were brewed like in the 1800s the mid 1800s early 1900s so we try to bring that into this environment some for me when I look at even our logo it's kind of like sometimes I see that as like a time traveling so that's that's my kind of creative freedom where I kind of even from for the Kvike New England IPAs that we have coming in my idea is kind of to have that inspire like something to time travel. So somebody travel to the future to rescue a, a East from the Norwegian past. Yeah. So it's a kind of this kind of paradoxical concept. So that's what I think is interesting. That is an gives episode me, of Twilight some, Zone. Yeah. So that gives me some creative freedom to just make a nice little beer. You should make you should make a beer that was around during the 1860s and just keep the 60s theme all the way that's through. That's just like a mold. Go, yeah. yeah, I like that. Good like idea. That, yeah. Yeah. Going all the way, every, all the 60s, all the yeah. way down. See what you can find. Yeah, we'll just great. like end up with mead. Yeah, it's just mead. Yeah. It's it's fermented mead. like sugar water. <laughs> There's basically. always somebody like that. You have like I'm gonna have a 60s party and everyone shows up in what they think the 60s are, which is the this hippies. or hippies, right? Yeah. And then that one person shows up in like a. Uh, 
triangle hat and high stockings. Like, I'm from the 1860s. Like, <laughs> I think it's like yeah. the 1760s. Yeah, it's more like 1760s. <laughs> but still, you'd be like, I, I'm doing 60s. Yeah. Like, you would. So you, you brought up something about the collective, and I know we haven't really touched on that yet. So Velvet Libations is part of the brewery collective umbrella. Is that Correct. Like the best way to say it? Yeah. So right. you are going to be expanding throughout Connecticut. Is that true? Is there anything that you can talk about like for yeah, that yeah so mm-hmm. we we have we are opening uh we are in the construction right now we you know installing the the drains and all this stuff for our next uh, brewery and it's called black horse garage brewing company which mm-hmm. is part of the black horse garage and bridgeport so it's kind of a jay Lino's garage adjacent to like a, a craft brewery mm-hmm. that's cool you know so um which is a brewery that we're going to focus more on like a uh like traditional American Pilsners, we're going to do decoctions, a four-vessel uh, system, so we're going to do like f- fully automated systems, so we're going to do decoctions, and we're going to kind of rescue some of the old traditional brewing techniques from like Germany and things like that. And then we're going to do some RTDs, so like uh, some of your uh, fruited like seltzers and uh, Smirnoff vibe kind of ice kind of vibe, you know, yeah. RTDs. And also some non-alcoholic beers, that's the concept so something more for the drivers, right? And RTD being RTDs ready to drink. ready to drink yep. beverages. Like yes. canned cocktails, things like yes. that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, got to take advantage of that. So um, I would say from now shifting to kind of like more of the marketing aspect, because I am very curious of that. I came from a marketing background. I feel like I say that all the time every time I do an interview. I try to. I came from a marketing background. I did come from let's, marketing background. Let's talk to you about it. You're big into music. <laughs> um, so what, as far as like something like, the Connecticut industry, which can be like very saturated. And as far as like getting that market share, have you noticed a big challenge in trying either to get the word out there or just like trying to say like, Hey, we're new. Is there a challenge? Like how, how are you trying to cut through the noise of everything? Yeah. Um, it's definitely challenging because there has been so much growth in breweries in Connecticut over the past few years, even, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, so that's why I think with Velvet Libations and then eventually with Black Horse Garage, what we're trying to do, because we do have these goals of making really cool beers and experimenting mm-hmm. and all of that. So to be able to be successful and to draw people in, that's where the themes of the breweries come into play. Oh. Yeah. So to be able to create experiences like the 1960s, tap room Mm -hmm. and twilight zone on the tv and things like that um here in wolcott in bridgeport we want to make it like it's a car garage like you're you're basically like coming to our breweries in the brewery collective for connecticut at least to have an experience beyond just your love of craft beer yeah yeah you like in bridgeport you'll be walking around like 1969 limon ferraris you know originals mm-hmm. yeah and like four gts and like the that. first car ever built was like the original mercedes so like all this like very cool cars probably never gonna own so you know <laughs> you can at least look at them yeah. drinking a beer you know yeah so, so so you then you walk into black horse garage and you walk in with a full beard and you walk out with a handlebar mustache like that's that's yeah. the vibe we're going for. Yeah, and I, I think what's really interesting is that you're going for an experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the like three and a half years that we've been doing this, uh, obviously the number one thing is 
the product like is is the right. beer and that's oh is always going to be important because mm-hmm. that's what's going to make people stay here um we've talked a couple times with people about the experience but this is really a example that is like here it is it's the 60s this is also like a great experience to be here and to see it so it was one of the other reasons why i was curious because i was like how is this gonna lay out and it's it's awesome it's very on brand it's the furniture it's the vinyls on the walls it's the posters it's twilight zone it's like those little pieces of flair that really is like okay yeah like this is this is a cool experience it's not to have a good beer it's also like to be in a unique environment that well, we have the, some good food here too. Yeah, there, there yes. we do have a, food. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that for a bit. Did I see a on your screen a pizza situation? I think yeah. there's a pizza. Yeah, look right back there. There. yeah. I see yeah, that. Yeah, oh, okay. Pizza. <laughs> okay, very cool. I mean, I didn't. I don't know if you missed that. I, no, I didn't know what that what that was. I can't see it from over here. It's like there's huge Sunday special: two pints, one pizza. And it's kind of like a Connecticut thing, right? Like pits and breweries. Yeah, which I like. I feel, like, I feel like you got to... Like, I live in your haven. It's a pizza. So yeah, you got to have a pizza, right? Yeah. What's a pizza? You got to make sure, though, that pizza is yeah. ready to go, though. What is a pizza? people are snobs. A pizza, it's, uh, it, it's the New Haven style. So, Oh, that's okay. So, like, mod, it's like modern a pizza. A pizza. I'm, I'm butchering that. How you that. doing? I got to have yeah. a pizza. I think I'm part Italian. I am, I am butchering. You are not part Italian. I am. You are My not. dad's mom is Italian. Well, shit. How about that? <laughs> yeah, so it's a I was just like... Wasp. It's a pizza. How about that? That's oh, a poor, yeah, it's horrible pronunciation. So yeah, that's like New Haven style. So I that's they stand on your wall. I said that very confidently, like I knew the answer, and I think that's the answer, but I can be completely wrong. Yeah. So um, anyway, that like that was my one. Look at this happy hour Fridays: two hot dogs and one pint for ten. Ten bucks. Yeah, that, you know, from four to six. From four to six. <laughs> from yeah, four yeah, to know, six. Don't work. show up at seven. God, it's expecting not. anything. It's like the workers, you know, like the. The seven to three kind of, you know, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They leave work and they come here, have a little brewski, a little hot dog before they get home. Yeah. I like that. Try to make everybody happy. I you like know. that a lot. That's um, so then as far as like next steps, so uh, as far as like velvet libations go, and I think I actually, I'll back up because I asked this question and then we talked about kind of how you started. Um, so how, how has like the first six weeks been? Oh yeah, that question. Doors, that was like, such a good question before. I don't know where it went. I don't. We yeah. we oh, talked about yeah. something. Oh, it was <laughs> me talking about Napoleon. It, it, yeah, we talked about <laughs> Napoleon. And are we mad about it? it wasn't no, no, it was it was fine. But back. Don't worry, we're gonna get back to Napoleon shortly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Napoleon shortly. But um, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so the first six weeks, we had a really strong opening weekend and opening day i mean of course we opened on saint patrick's day and that was great and we had a lot of purpose i'm sure yes of course (laughs) and we had a lot of great um press too like that whole weekend it was really nice i think we were well received um by the community yeah and then that following weekend actually was the connecticut craft beer festival oh yeah and um yeah in toyota oakdale theater yeah yeah Yeah. um so actually we were both at that um anderson and i yeah and that was really fun i feel like that was perfect it was like a little bit chaotic because it was like we just opened the weekend before and then it's like 
boom, like we're in the middle of the entire Connecticut craft beer scene. And it's like people would come up to the booth and be like, who are you? And I'm just like, no, you're you're not nuts. Like we're, and we're not like, (laughs) (laughs) and we're not like bad at our jobs. We just like literally opened. It's been five days. Yeah, exactly. Um, Usually you fucked with him and be like, we've been around for 50 years. It's been 50 years. Yeah. Um, so then that was really great too. Uh, and then, yeah, ever since then, I think we've just been trying to then branch out a little bit. Uh, we definitely have the local crowd around here. Yeah. Um, I think our next steps are trying to grab on to the people who are doing the brewery hopping on mm-hmm. the weekends and things like that. Yeah. Um, on Saturday, we're open 12 to 10 p.m. On Sunday, we're open 12 to 6 p.m. Everybody come. Great plug. Um, and then, Amazing plug. Wow. Yeah. Um, shameless plug. Um, Never have shame for their plugs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because we are around like a lot of really great breweries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we do have the experience that can set us apart and be something a little bit fun and different. So that's our next step really just like branching out beyond our neighbors which have been great oh the other thing too is our tap room manager deb she comes from other half better half better half better i know yeah. i do that yeah better half i do too yeah Don't worry. yeah yeah <laughs> uh, halves. like half full better half other half other, other half. Yeah. so many halves yeah uh, but she comes from better half in bristol yes. yep. the next town over which um had to close yeah. down so it was it was nice that we were able to then give Deb the opportunity, of course, and give the people who used to go to that brewery a new place to go to. So yeah. that's also been uh, Especially really great. Especially for food and drink. Which yeah, they because were that's what they were, yeah, that's what they were known for. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Credit to you for that beer fest. Uh, I think you were giving out the maroon bucket hats. That's and it's, right. It's yes. one of those things where, like, <laughs> when you're at an event like that, there's always, like, one or two companies that give something out, and everyone's like, that is something that like what is it i need it mm-hmm. and i saw so many people with it i was like damn it that's Do smart you know i at the end of the night ended up giving the hat off my head to somebody because they wanted it so bad and i felt bad she was like an older woman and i was like okay like you can have this one if you want i've been wearing it since 10 a.m but like you can have it did she hesitate to take it no, no. she didn't no, right. she didn't. The second session she of a beer festival. Yeah, like everyone <laughs> is just. Finally just snagged it out of your hand. Yeah. <laughs> very excited. Someone else came up to the booth too and was like, do you have any more of that hats? Because someone just offered me $10 for mine. And I was what? like, well, we don't have any more. So go make $10. Your you hats want. are creating a small economy in the yeah. middle of beer fest. I know. It was crazy. I was like, but we have them at the brewery. Like, Genius. sell your hat. Come get one. Like, you know. That's smart. Whatever. Um, we have a few yeah. left, but we took a lot there. Like and a black market for your hats. It was yeah. wild. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I couldn't believe it, and I was like, that these people know what they're doing. Like you're brand new, you need, you need to make an impression, you need to make a splash. And Did you like, guys get one? No. You can take one on your. That way wasn't you that wasn't like a like a very backhanded way of being like I want a hat. <laughs> Trust me, I have a million hats. I just thought it was like very from a marketing perspective. Yes. I was like, this is this yeah. is like the old school of like marketing, putting mm-hmm. something out there for everyone to see and point and being like, that's cool, that's different. Yeah. Not everyone's giving out bucket hats. Yeah. Um, and here we are. So. There you go. And see, we're still talking about it. Yeah. It worked. 
It's genius. Um, I going going to the beer aspect of this. Uh, I had a really good name. I don't know if it was up there. I on the drive over, I was thinking about this and going back to Mad Are Men. Are you pitching ideas? Are you pitching Maybe. ideas right now? It's not. I always this pitch. Is, this is not a time. It's not the pizza beer. It's something okay, different. Okay. I always don't joke. Don't listen to this pizza beer. No, it's fine. What is your idea? Let's hear this. Well, I'm giving backstory because they don't. Round they, table. They're thinking I'm weird for pizza beer. I was gonna make a beer <laughs> that was a deconstructed pizza, so it was gonna be a tomato basil sour that was built wow. on lactose for like the cheese aspect. Listen, it fell apart, but then I I shifted that to a lager conditioned on pizza. No one's bought into it yet. What do you think about that, open. Anderson? I remember. Like, I just need years one ago, barrel of one years barrel ago, system. Just years ago, like I was actually hiring for my second assistant brewer, and he showed up with some beer for me to taste, and he made a pale ale that he used tomato and some other stuff, and he dry hopped with a lot of basil, mm. and it actually tasted good. You know it I mean? doesn't sound bad. You shouldn't have said that yeah. because now that's going to put a lot of credibility behind yeah, my yeah. case. Yeah, he's successful now. He runs a famous brewery out in Michigan. Yeah, I shouldn't yeah, have said that even. Good, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, we're back in. Guess what? <laughs> we're back in. That was, we didn't even get to the idea he started. That was not. So uh, in the first episode of Mad Men, the episode title was, of course, Smoke It's In Your Eyes. Why that's I know that, remember? I don't know. That's how my brain works. But... They were pitching uh, Lucky Strike cigarettes, and the tagline was, it's toasted. Yeah. My thought was, toast lager, calling it, it's toasted. That's yours. That's a free oh, one. That's nice. Wow. That's a good idea. All right, that's that means it was horrible, idea. Jeff. It's yeah. fine. No, listen, I'm not in the, in, the name, in the industry of naming you beers. You that she didn't write it down? Yeah. Mental. <laughs> we're recording. Mental notes. Oh right, she can go mm-hmm. back and listen to Mental the notes. <laughs> that was it. Um no, that that was that was my one you horrible were really idea. For that when I no, no, I oh, wasn't. Got like really no, happy. it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't that great. Are you okay? No, I'm Why fine. Are you not looking because at I'm looking it's to see if it's on the menu. It, you, we're over here. Thought it was thought it was great. I was like, it should be there. Oh my god, are you crying? No. I'm, it's just raining on my okay. face. You're all right. Um Okay. <laughs> Maybe break character <laughs> until you rub my arm. Um, I guess I, I only have a few questions left. Um, as far as your favorite styles of beer, both from the marketing side and the brewing side, I'll start with you. When you either come here for a beer or in general, what do you gravitate towards the most? So since Velvet Libations is supposed to have a focus on mixed fermentation sour beers, um, I've pushed myself more to experiment my palate with sour beers. Yeah. Um, and I actually fell in love with our Berliner Weiss. Nice. It's called a short drink from a certain fountain. Hell yeah. Um, and it's been my favorite one. That's what I'm drinking right now. Um, it has a really low ABV, so I always feel like it's okay. I can just I can like drink more of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like basically water. Yeah. But I like it because... Something that I don't really like about sour so much is when they are super fruited or yeah have lactose and things like that. This is really is it just a classic Berliner Weiss like you know German style like like early twentieth uh, century yeah it's fine to yeah that's my make favorite it hard one. low ABV not not too aggressive exactly mm-hmm. I feel like uh, it, it was in this growing phase of like the beer industry everyone went towards like a kettle sour. And it's like, how much fruit can we put in to just have a double fermentation to make it like a weird 12, 15%? It's yeah. like, why can't we just go back to 3% styles that are just like calm and not going to like, 
give you a sugar rush from right. like a beer. It's like having a soda with alcohol in it. We have those too, but an uh, alcoholic soda. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's beer basically, which is yeah. carbonation. Um, but yeah, it's very that that is very interesting. Um, I I don't I always appreciate a Berliner Weiss. It's like yes. something that I like. I don't I should appreciate more, and I just don't. I feel like I, it's paralysis just but, by looking yeah, at it. A kettle sour, it is a Berliner Weisser without it, fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. technically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Anderson? Like, what, what do you gravitate towards the most? Uh, if I, like, if I go out for, for a beer, um, I'd, I'd want a New England IPA. Nice. Yeah, yeah that's right. what I had. I don't know. I'm I just, an IPA guy. I mean, I love a very well-crafted pills. I like yeah. beer in general. I drink. Yeah. I, there's not a style of beer that I don't care about, about like Guinness so much. But like I drink everything else. Huh? It was like that was the beer that got me into stouts because I think everyone thinks like Guinness is like this super heavy beer and it's really not. Well, at least from like a calorie standpoint, it's like yeah, 120, it's like what, 95 calories. Some, yeah, like that, something right? like super low. And I was always like eh, Guinness. I don't know. I don't know. And then you start getting into it, and uh, then you skip ahead ten years, and you're having seventeen percent stouts that are like imperial, and you're like, wow, Guinness tastes like nothing. Yeah. Um, so that's where my palate has progressed. I, I tried Guinness <laughs> in honor of my Irish friend, and I just didn't want to do him wrong. Don't, didn't we try Guinness together? Nope. On St. Patrick's Day? Yep. Yeah. It was definitely like... It wasn't for you. Apparently you're Italian. I am News Italian. to me? <laughs> All lies. No one believes me. It's fine. I could be, <laughs> I could be dead wrong. But uh, if there's one aspect of the 60s, that you wish was maintained into the future, like the style, the, the, the culture, the pop culture aspect of it, right? That we see here very clearly. What do you think we should bring back that, just like right into the mainstream? Is it this fireplace? Because I think so. Yeah. Or sunken living rooms. Oh my God. Yeah, I yes. like those. Yeah. Or conversation living rooms, as they call them or something. Yeah. I oh, love yeah. that, actually. Yes. I do. I dream Let's of bring this. that shit back. I was on Zillow yeah. like two days ago, so that's why. Wow, I was, he was ready. He was armed and ready. <laughs> yeah. I did my research on 60s interior design as well as the beer. You know what would be cool? I just came up with this idea. Again, you could totally have this. If you had like little, like uh, you had this where you put the cigarettes, but you have what looks like cigarettes on it, but they're just like incense and it's smoking out. But it's just like an incense, so it's like it gives a vibe, and it looks like that. they're lit. Yeah. Incense that looks like cigarettes, damn. Yeah, but like it looks like you just put a cigarette in there, and it sits on the edge. I think Joe Camel would love to talk to you. <laughs> they're like, how could we get? He's real cool. He spells it with a K. <laughs> that is, uh, it's actually that's, that's pretty smart. That, yeah, that, cool idea. We're not, you got two. It's the logger. Listen, there's two. There's two ideas. One's really good, and one's good. If I get that idea because I drink your beer, you it's also your idea. Yes. Damn. See how that works? That's genius. Jeff, ask your um, last question. I also is. like to ask this question. You can you can answer this however you feel because I'll ask it very generally. Uh, it's a segment called What's in Your Fridge? And I like mm. to ask, what's in your fridge? Like beer-wise? Sure. Whatever. Or however you want to answer it. It could, be, it could be any fridge you have here. It could be your fridge at home. It could be your beer fridge. You I like to leave first. it open because I like to leave it to surprises. What do you got? What do you? What are you uh, so yeah. I live in New Haven, right? I live, I live in East Rock. And uh, yesterday, uh, we went out for breakfast, and then there's some new little, there's some, like, cool little, like, stores that they sell, like, food stuff. So I bought some guanciale. That's like a cured pig jaw. 
to make like pasta Italian style. Hell, ooh, nice. So, yeah. He did know Italian style. He looked at me. If so. you were Italian, that mustache <laughs> would have came in by now, and it's that's been a, like five weeks. That's good. That's a really good that's point. That's because you're French. I could. I Why could. are you looking away? We're I might be here. English. I'm looking. I'm just thinking about my heritage. Like I'm appreciating my very strong Italian heritage. I don't know. I could totally be a lie. You, I'm gaslighting myself. What's yeah. your fridge? My fridge is honestly so embarrassing, and I feel like that's why I just like threw it back to Anderson. Sure, we'll bleep this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I always joke with my friends that like I fully have like a bachelor's fridge and i just like have really sad meals and a lot of beer um, beer american cheese nothing no, wrong I with don't that have a loaf of bread cheese. that's half done i have eggs and you and you have still not eaten when the, the bread is the going green i have turkey bacon <laughs> turkey bacon turkey bacon so you basically there's like nothing else <laughs> yeah we're under breakfast lunch yeah. Well, what, breakfast? Hell yeah. Well, what kind yeah. of beer is in the fridge? That's that's the. Are they breakfast okay. beers? Any beer is a breakfast beer. Hell yeah. 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 Except um, the seventeen percent stout. I I have like a plethora, um, if you will. I like to go out to a store and get like singles and get like a few different cans. Yeah, like a mix back. Yeah, yeah, I I like to do that. Um, but off the top, I know I have a lot of foolproof beer um in my fridge right now i have a lot of styles of that actually and then uh i have some southern tier uh, because they do a really nice variety pack that i just like to pick up when i don't want to think about anything and just like it's very easy for me you live in new york so you go to your bodega (laughs) they're playing their bachata she gets in there yeah that's the best. Oh, yeah. 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 Southern Tears good. I'm a big pumpkin fan. Ooh, uh-huh. And uh, while well, I'm blanking on the other pumpkin stout that they have, it's a purple label, and I can't think of it. Pumpkin's good, though. It is yeah, really good. Oh, my good. God. It's in my fridge because it's like a year old. I didn't even ask you what's in your fridge. What's in your fridge? It's a very loaded question. Um, I have three fridges. Okay. Oh, I have two. So one is full of foolproof beer, too. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I have, like, beer from, like, 20 states. I have, like... We're, we're doing a segment on the podcast where we're trying to have a beer from, from every states. state. Yeah, so that's I found, cool. That's, that's I, part of the... I, we found a beer shop in New York that carries, like, most states. They get, like, Dre Fontenay. That, that adds to the confusion of all the names because it's called Halftime. So you have half oh, time yeah. Better, yeah, half it's called Halftime. That's in Port Charlotte, right? Port Charlotte, Port... Porchester yeah. and Poughkeepsie, so it's two great. locations. But that added to like I had to sit there and think, well, are we going to drink at half time? No, half full. Better half. Other half. <laughs> other other half? half. It's the yeah. it's the other half, not called other half. Right. It's half. Other time. half is not. Um. Half. So I have I have like one or two two roads beers. I have a beer from Tribus. I have some Sky Gazer sours, and then I have that one southern tier stout that is like been pushed back to um my fridge that'll be like for next fall i'm I'm barrel aging it in my fridge i always say um and then i just have ipas that are either some are fresh some are not it's all over the place i i always i'm a really bad beer podcast host because sometimes i'll just go back to the same beers that i always have and it's like i should be experimenting more No, I, i used to think that way until i actually i follow a lot of music and the the people online that I like that actually feed me all the music recommendations, they say like these are the albums I still listen to at least once a week. Like they're the ones who are going out there into the, the underground and like finding all the albums that you've never heard of. 
mm-hmm. that I'm like, hell yeah. But they're also spitting the same classic record every week, just like anybody else. So don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. Fine. You know what? I'm going to be happy drinking that you know what? pumpkin I'm, stuff. I'm going to end on this note, and then we can wrap it up. Yeah. I have a thought that I was thinking, I was, you know, I was learning about the 60s, 70s, and 80s kind of as a clump, right? And I, I looked at my mom, and I, asked, I said this. I said, listen, I don't know how on earth you even survived those three decades because of the amount of of serial killers that existed during that time <laughs> is absolutely I mean, like that's they're, true. they're all yeah. clumped yeah, during that time. Really I said, true. Mom, you are brunette. You would wow. have been Ted Bundy's number one and <laughs> you you traveled. I said, How did you survive? What about because it started really in the sixties where that started to really happen. What, do you think there's something about this decade that brings us such great culture and music and styles that also bred like the killers of the future? Yeah, I do. What is it? Summer of Love? Wasn't <laughs> that Zodiac Killer in San Francisco, too? Yeah. There, there was Charles so Manson. Charles Manson. Manson. Killer, Charles Manson. Yeah. yeah. He didn't Absolutely. kill anyone. Allegedly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right? No, no not, making, not making excuses. Or saying. Uh, <laughs> but the 60s as a decade were a really turbulent time. True. And that's why they start off like coming off this high of the 50s and they're all like you know when they had poodle skirts and like Elvis and whatever and then you know through like cultural things that are happening in the world there was a big reaction to that and that was where counterculture came into play and things like that so like the 60s they call it like the swing in 60s and all of that for like a reason because you know stuff is crazy then it was, and I think it a lot of killers. changes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know why your mind jumps to that. It's like I well, think about wait, this actually. Daily. It's true. Hold on, because think of this too. I'm ready. Right? I'm ready for this. JFK was also like assassinated in the beginning of the '60s. '63. So what? I've been to, I've been to like, the place in dollars there. I did too. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Someone's yeah. like, like, killed the president. You know what I mean? And then. And then a bunch of Brits come then, over and save the world. Yes, a bunch of, of course, all the music. But then all the serial killers after right. yeah. that. Yeah. So, like, who knows? I don't know. See, that's why the 60s were so crazy. I think it was kind of an escape from all the structures. So, because, you know, yes. that's the, the, this, the World War II. And then, so, like, they, they, they had kids. And then I think they were kind of in a clash in culture. You know, right. this was the kind of the golden age for the United States. Yeah, you know. So then, these kids they start to realize how much they could become. There was the pressure, the structure from the old, old style America, and then it kind of just burst into this creative thing at the end, like the summer of love. Yeah, yeah. And like Nam. Yeah. So you have all these stressors, right? You yeah. Have, you have Vietnam. You have social unrest mm-hmm. that is that goes through several decades, especially through the 60s. Yeah. You have the, right, have the civil rights, rights movement. Right, yeah. that's what I mean by the social unrest. Rights, that, 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 cha- that was changing the status quo yeah. and it mm-hmm. was, was social unrest for a good reason, mm-hmm. but yeah. it was very stressful on, on everybody, for sure. Um, you have the constant threat of nuclear attack, apparently. Yeah. You know? yep. And then what, you know, what I was learning about from all these horrific people later on, is a lot of them did fight. And mm-hmm. they and they they had their childhood trauma, and then they go to the war, and it's just exacerbated. And then they mm-hmm. come in, and we expect them to be cool, you know. <laughs> what I mean? 
Right. They yeah. weren't. They didn't keep it cool. Yeah, tight. they were the opposite of cool. They you were. They were like PS. PTSD. PTSD. Yeah. Bombs. They were ready to burst. Yeah. I think that's what it is because I think you have you have veterans of World War II having the boomer kids and they have their own trauma and they bring that trauma onto the kids and then they they are thrust into a counterculture that really basically said no rules. So you have people, especially during that time, I think, who took advantage of the no rules aspect. That's Charles Manson. Right, he right. came in. He was a narcissist from the beginning. I was, was thinking like the, I was thinking like the Beatles, like that. No rules coming to America, you know, like that kind of thing. No, they they <laughs> were before that whole <laughs> counterculture thing. They they just dove into it with everybody else. That's true. But you have Manson comes in and he's like, look at all these lost souls with right. no direction who really don't want direction, but they kind of do. They they think they don't. And he says, let me load them up on drugs. You don't I think, think the Beatles escaped off from all the abuse, right? Because yeah, you know, yeah, it seems like all the this previous generation that was dealing with all those wars, I think they came back with that proper, you know, awareness. I think there were a bunch of like assholes out there. This <laughs> yeah. case were just, like, kind of exploding to like, you know, kind of develop them the counterculture, getting their own identity and kind of having right. the courage to break the cycle because previously it was very difficult to break out and to try to be your own person, right? So I think yeah. that's the beginning of individuality too. The Western world, in a sense. I think that's what tends to happen. I think you have uh, a decade that is known for being very structured, and that would be the 50s. Yeah. And then whenever you have that, even if it brings peace, even oh, if it's it very cookie cutter, right? So everybody yeah. looks the that's same. What it definitely feels like, so, right? Yeah. So, but even if it, even if it does, if you look at it, bring maybe peace, it doesn't bring it for everybody. And so someone's always going to push back, and they always overcorrect. So then you go summer of love, and everything's open, and it's always it's chaos in that. There are no rules, like I explained, right? And then that's like an overcorrection. And then we have to kind of find that middle ground of y- y- you kind of have a need, a need some kind of structure moving forward, but not too much because then that's tyrannical. So you don't want to do too much of that. <laughs> Anyways, thoughts? <laughs> no, I, you I, have I, said nothing. Well, I'm just I'm taking it. All. I, I, hey, I, Ty, what's, who's your favorite serial killer? John <laughs> Wayne Gacy, okay? <laughs> John only Wayne, yeah. only because yeah. that I was watching Netflix and his documentary just like, showed what? up. I, I mean, <laughs> you wanted an answer. You didn't think I was going to answer no, that. No, I didn't. Um, no, I watched um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood So with Brad Pitt and Leo right. DiCaprio, and yeah. they talked about Charles Manson. So uh, I know what you're talking about, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know my favorite serial killer. Don't answer. It was a sister. You asked. I'm giving you an answer. I don't really agree. I don't. This is. This is not how I actually. I don't have a this favorite. This is just gonna pivot into like a beer podcast to like a murder podcast. Yeah, like real quick. it's actually th- that's our second podcast. Yeah. It's murder uh-huh. mystery. So we talk about we f- we found a uh, '60s era brewery. Well, the thing about Manson. <laughs> oh my God. The <laughs> thing about Manson is that his whole drive was like the reason he started the cult was that he believed. That the song "Helter Skelter" by the Beatles, I, w- I actually was, was going to bring what, that up, was preach was predicting a race war, and he was and he thought it was a good thing that it would reset society. So he was trying to make the race war happen. That's why they went in and they they killed a bunch of people and they wrote in blood pigs on the wall to kind of get the cops going, making them think it was the Black Panthers. So I did not know get that. that going. Mm-hmm. How do you know all this? Read a book. Elder <laughs> <laughs> Scout, I mean, catcher, catcher in the ride, like that whole thing. I mean, that, that was a whole saying, other thing too. Now, whether you believe him or not, his whole thing is he was a master liar. 
We could do it. We could pivot to a true crime podcast. I didn't yeah, even know this. Seriously. We can. De- we can absolutely. Yeah. Do it. I. I didn't know. Velvet libations. Yeah. Right. Um. I that was that was honestly all the questions I had. Not to like dovetail f- from that no. too too far, but um, we honestly want to say like. Thank you for reaching out and thank Thanks you for, for like the tour over. and yeah, thank you. really like getting in here and, and seeing how this industry has grown. Just I've been a fan of the industry since like 2015 locally in Connecticut. You know, I've, I'm relatively new to beer and to see new places pop up and how it all evolves. It's always an interesting journey to go on. And it's always to see how new people come in from Connecticut, not from Connecticut and, and how they've learned to adapt and uh the the end product is is amazing i just wanted to clarify i think i think just to put a cap in here i'm not it's not crazy yeah. it's not crazy. oh okay Relax. okay yeah that's a, that's a for just understand. those who don't know that you this used to be shabine right yes and yes. they they still um the brand still exists yes and they still distribute yes but you guys are in the location that they formerly were in yes just just yes. to clarify yes i meant yeah we so should have said, no said that in the beginning at we the might, very <laughs> beginning in the beginning yeah but i just wanted to like throw that out there that they still exist they're still around yeah they're still, they're still part of the collective yeah they uh brew up in rhode island now um and velvet libations here at their former tap room is all us making all the that's beer right, here right. on property I, I, i'm asking now questions and we just wrapped up the podcast you know this fine. is the post podcast uh, <laughs> how many people are working here at velvet libations <laughs> How many? Um, How big is this operation? So I don't work here every day. So I, I sure. go to the other locations, but we have four, five in the back, plus three, four, four in the front. Yeah. So like nine people plus me. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Plus her. Yeah. Plus tight operation. The owners in New York City. Right. Yeah. It's all connected. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see yeah. this grow, and I'm excited to see how Black Horse Garage grows too mm-hmm. like so yeah we're getting we're moving pretty fast on that so construction is moving well uh yeah so pro- like probably by the end of the year hopefully even before i think definitely before the end of yeah. the year probably like october but we hope yeah. for yeah exactly Very B- cool. before we sign off is there anything else that we have forgotten that you yes. like to plug or mention any or of your favorite crime podcasts or <laughs> netflix documentaries i like to watch who's too? your favorite sir don't yeah, answer that don't answer that um, only or any events that. that are coming up that you like people to know about this is probably going out next week right yes so yeah next yeah. week coming up actually so right now we're open thursday through sundays uh, we just started doing on Thursday nights an open mic comedy night. Oh, very um, cool. So we started that last week. So that's going to continue every Thursday. <laughs> also on Thursday, we have uh, bring your own mug night kind of until we get our own mugs so that we can have a mug club. Um, nice. So you can do that as well. Friday night, we have um, the baseball games up, the happy hour that you saw up on the board. Um Saturday, you know, that's really your brewery hopping day. Like, yeah. you can get flights, whatever. You should play old 60s baseball games. It was like the old life. Oh, that's a good idea. That's yeah. a thought. That's like, a like, on, like an off day. Sure, Don, Don yeah. our oh, general yeah, manager here, he, love he loves sports. Yeah, that would he loves 60s. Yeah. yeah. Played, like, yeah. Old. See, if we, we give you like a thousand ideas, like oh, three of them will be yeah. good. Like, that was like our third we're idea. That one was like, we're going to walk in. your idea? Yeah, my idea? His idea was to have the. Something. The it's toasted lager. Toasted lager. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's toasted. Cigarette incense <laughs> and playing old sports on the television. Yeah, there and the go. pizza beer is kind of like an aside. It was more yeah. of like a test of the waters kind of. That wasn't a full pitch. 
I, I have a shark tank okay, for that. that. Um, so no one's no one's gone on it yet. So it's fine. I mean, it's still open. I'm well, kidding. Thanks for all those ideas. Yeah, yes. it's fine. That's that's all. It. That's all you. So we again, we appreciate you having and um, having us, and can't wait for the future of this. Really thank great. you guys thank so you. much. Thank you. Thank yeah, you for Anderson, coming, Kristen. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.